Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from the, well, a different multiverse than the last episode, but somehow still coming through, uh, verse jumping, all the way from the UK to be on this episode, as always, Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how's it going, sir? My man, I will jump through every universe and every multiverse to come and speak to you every week. Um, I think that's similar to what Doctor Strange said in that other multiverse movie. But um, yeah, I'm doing all right. I, I'm doing well. I'm, I know that this is an episode that I know you've been ruminating over for a while. And finally, we get to it. But yeah, before that, I'm okay. I've got a, I've got a cup of tea. I had some cheesecake before I came on, so I'm you know living my healthiest life. I, I imagine before you came on, you sunk a few beers, had some burgers, you know, had some cheesecake as well. I, I had a protein shake and two uh, turkey jerky sticks. Um, <laughs> I went to the gym. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And went to the gym, but the, 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 those things were after the gym. Um, my gym was very busy today, and I, I'm not happy about that because that, it implies more people are going to start filling up my gym space, and I don't like it. Uh. Um, so I'm like already like, do I want to pay a little more to have a gym that's much less populated? But uh, I don't know. So I'm I'm in a I'm in a weird like oh no what do I do kind of mode. Um, but uh, how how has your day been today, sir? Uh, no, yeah, the, the gym's only popular because I realise the, the minor celeb or the big celeb who's got who, the podcasting yes. hero that is there. But my friend is it's uh, beginning of the week, which is never anything to be celebrated unless you really do enjoy what you do, um, which I do to a, to an extent. Um, it's been a pretty mundane day. It's been a Monday, mundane Monday. Can't really argue. Can't really complain about anything. Uh, though last night I did see a really cool thunderstorm in the UK, which is Graham hurtling down the motorway. That's well, I say hurtling safely. It's absolutely hammering it, lashing it down with rain. Suddenly in front of me, the sky goes white. And then these big blue, uh, Thor-esque thunderbolts come streaming down for about 20 seconds. And I thought, you know, this is so good. I need to concentrate on driving before, before I swerve off into the other lane. But, um, that was the, one of the highlights of my weekend, and it, it, I thought it was going to set up a really exciting Monday. It didn't. However, I'm here, and this is the highlight of my day, as it always is, my man. But can't really complain otherwise. What about you? Are you keeping Florida safe and well? Yeah, you know, doing doing my thing. Um, just getting uh, approaching that summer. So the, the Florida heat's in high gear, uh. and uh, we haven't had rain for a couple of days. So it, it actually, I guess it rained maybe Friday night out of nowhere, but it was like late at night. So it didn't really help cool anything down. If anything, it made it more humid. Um, in fact, Saturday morning, I, uh, I woke up at seven as I do to run with my friend. Um, and I was walking the dogs at about seven. I took a picture of, uh, the back lot of where I walk is was pretty like sunrise. Mm -hmm. And, um, about an hour later, I, I went out to that same spot to meet him to run. And it was suddenly such dense fog. It felt like I'd walked into silent Hill um, it was like a completely different, it was less than an hour. And usually the fog is early and then goes away when the sun comes up and it was like the opposite. So it was a really weird kind of morning where, and it was like a dense fog. I'll actually, I'll send you a picture later, Matt, so you can see the, uh, the juxtaposition Please of do. the 7am and the 8am, almost identical <laughs> spot. Um, it was quite odd, but, uh, you know, that's the Florida weather for you. You never know what, what kind of weather you're going to get. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, super, sunny and sometimes it's super foggy where you can't even see anything um but always but, hot on the sounds of it yeah but we're not here to do the weather although again we do talk an immense amount about the weather but it's because we're in such different climates it's hard not to discuss the oddity that is our our world but um we're here to talk about a movie called everything everywhere all at once a movie that this is a a first for this podcast i have seen this movie four times before coming <laughs> to record this this episode um, you know, starting way back, uh, the, the week before its official release, um, I got to see it at a screening and then I've seen it in the theater four total times. Um, once in IMAX, uh, this is a movie that I have uh, not been shy about. I've been, uh, advocating for talking about telling everyone who will listen to me that they need to go see this movie. In fact, I have seen it, um, with different people each time I've seen it. Uh, the first time I saw it with other critics and my, my editor at Burke reviews, uh, went with me. And we were all so odd. I then took my daughter uh, the first week it was at my local theater um, and met a former student at the theater at that same night. A week later, um, within a week, I guess, I, I went with two co-workers right after school. Like, we left work and went right to the movie. 
And then uh, it left theaters, and I was really bummed because I was going to try to see it four times. Um, and it came back this past weekend after being out uh, pushed out because of all the Doctor Strange screens. And um, my wife wanted to see it, and I was really excited because I'd been talking about it, and I was really hyped that she was down to see it. Um, so we went and saw it again on Saturday. And so I, I, no, no movie we've reviewed on this podcast, uh, because we review new movies, has ever been seen in that frequency. I think two is the most, which has happened a couple of times this year. Um, I think I saw the Batman twice before we recorded. Um, and I think I saw, uh, one other movie twice, before we... twice last year. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I don't know if I saw it twice before we recorded or not. I definitely saw it twice though. Um, in theaters, but, uh, I feel like there was one more and I just had it pulled up. Um, but, Oh, uh, the Northman I saw it twice. Cause I saw it yes, like two did. weeks before we recorded. Um, and I was like, well, I'll go check it out one more time, uh, before we, we talk about it. Um, but not, never four. And in fact, of all the years that I've watched movies, the only movie that I know for sure I've seen four times in the theater is Jurassic Park. And that was back in like 93. Um, I loved that movie as a kid and I went multiple times. Uh, people, every time someone who hadn't seen it was like, I'm going to go see it. You want to go? And I'm like a kid. So I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll go. Yes. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I saw it four times there and that's the only movie that I can recall that I saw that many times in the theater. Nice. Um, the one exception I might have at this point seen it's a wonderful life at retro screenings four times. Cause they used to, they were doing it like every Christmas Eve and I definitely went a few times, but I, I still don't think I got to four. Cause I, I think uh, the year COVID hit would have been the fourth year and they mm-hmm. didn't do it that year because theaters were closed. But um, if that speaks volumes, folks, uh, I, I kind of like this movie um, just a I little so. bit. Uh, but let, we haven't even talked about it, so let's get into the stats. So it's everything, everywhere, all at once. It's written and directed collectively by The Daniels. That's Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. I'm so sure I said that right. Um, it's also written by them. Uh, the only other feature film they've done as The Daniels so far is Swiss Army Man, a movie I very much enjoyed. I but that at, the, at the end of it, I was just like, yeah, but why? It's funny. It's wild. It's insane to see Daniel Radcliffe playing a corpse. If you haven't seen Swiss Army Man, folks, it's worth and watching. Paul Dano's in it too. The Riddler. Paul Dano is excellent in it, but he's playing like a type of person where Daniel Radcliffe is playing not only a corpse, but a corpse that is essentially a Swiss Army knife, hence the name. Um, it's a <laughs> yes. wild, fun, it's, crazy it's movie. And it definitely sets up their filmmaking style. They have a unique voice and visual style. Um, that is present here. However, it's not for everyone. Movie, I think you could probably say certainly Swiss Army Man. It's not going to appeal to everyone. That's not doesn't mean it's one of those films where you either love it or drastically hate it. But you know, there is you know it's bordering on acquired taste at times. And I think this movie is a little more accessible overall. Mm-hmm. There is some high concept stuff happening here for sure. Very unique filmmaking style. Um, but we'll we'll get more into that. Uh, this movie stars Michelle Yeoh. Uh, Stephanie, oh boy, help me out here, Matt. Stephanie H-S-U. Sue. Is it Sue? I do believe sure. so. Ki-Hu Kwan, James Hong, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Tally Metal. Um, and there's a couple of other people in there. Uh, like, um, oop, I'm going to forget her name. I know, normally know it with no problem. Jenny Slate um, is yes. very, very barely in it, although has recently caused a little bit of controversy because of her credits uh, in the film. But um, mm-hmm. this, this, the premise, which is maybe the worst synopsis one could ever read for this movie, because this movie is way too dense to, uh, put into a paragraph. However, this is from IMDb. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with the lives she could have led. Doesn't do a terrific job of selling exactly what's happening, but nevertheless, uh, it's, it is part of the movie. Um, it currently has a 96% Rotten Tomatoes, an 81 Metascore, 8.8 IMDb user score, which I'm actually really impressed with that score, um, and a 4.6 on Letterboxd. Uh, the thing about this movie, while it covers some very dense stuff, and from my understanding, a pretty accurate representation of multiverse theory, um, is it is so human, it's so easy to connect with this, it's funny, it has tons of action, um, the visual style is so cool, so unique. It's when we left the critic screening of this movie, um, I was very worried because I loved it. I was sitting mm-hmm. there going, oh man, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do if the other critics from the CACF start bashing this film. Like I was really, because it was one that I was like, I'm going to have to defend this if people are going to be like aggressively mean about it. But instead, 
I think it's the only time uh, in the in the six months that the CACF has been in, in existence where everyone seemed to agree, at least at this screening. We all walked out of the theater awed. We were stunned at what we just felt. And this movie felt like we were witnessing something important, a, yep. a milestone in the filmmaking process. And there's been few times in my life where I have felt that way when I walked out of a film. Um, two of them were in 1999, The Matrix and Fight Club for me. Like, I, it blew my mind. And, and, and third, The Sixth Sense. Um, and yeah. this movie, uh, while I don't necessarily think it's doing the same thing those three films did, I do think it's that type of revolutionary style. I think the storytelling is so uh, prescient. Um, everything feels so relevant and, and optimistic, something that so many movies are failing to achieve. Um, and that's a big part of why I love this. I, I laugh, I cheer and I legitimately cry. I, I have seen this four times and I've had the same exact experience with each viewing, even knowing what's going to happen. And that it, it speaks volumes. And immediately I've put this movie in my top five of all time. I adore this film. I cannot wait go. to own it. Um, I, I have no complaints. The only complaints I have, I guess, to be fair, are there are two scenes that will stop me from ever being able to teach this to my high school students. <laughs> and that, that kills me because I would love to teach this movie because I think not only is it a masterclass in filmmaking, if you listen to some interviews with the Daniels, um, they, they only had eight special effects artists working on this film, um, which is insane. And they did all of the effects in after effects, a program that my students have access to. Um, they did take their time with this. They've, they've edited it over two years is my understanding, according to an interview they did on culturally relevant with Dave Chen. Um, uh, podcast uh, if you if you're interested in hearing more about their process i would recommend that episode it's pretty short it's a great interview with the daniels they seem like really cool guys they definitely Check love the out. craft um i i have so many positives about this film and again everyone that i've convinced to go see it um have had great things to say and the, the one win that i i really hold high i have a, a senior she's graduating this year i've had her for two years um i i had wondered if she actively sought to disagree with me about movies and i found out she was she was actively looking to prove me wrong when i said something was great so she went to see this movie with the expectation of hating it and she loved it and for me that's the biggest win i could have ever had because she she went in hoping to dislike this just to be able to argue with me about it and she loved it like most of the time if you go in looking to hate something you will and this movie pulled her out and she had no way she could not argue with me about how great this movie is. So if you haven't seen it, and this is our spoiler free review, if you haven't caught wind of that yet, um, I, I can't stress enough how much I would, I want you to go watch this. And Matt, I've been waiting for so long for you to be able to see it because it oh, no. just dropped in the UK and I've talked so much, but I'd like to hear Matt. What did you think of everything everywhere all at once? Well, I actually can't wait for the spoiler review to, I think I know the two scenes which you're referring to, yeah. which you can't teach you to your, um, your students, hence the, the guttural laugh produced from the UK, but I still want confirmation of that. Yeah, this film has been, as per usual with, um, what we assume would be smaller releases like this. It's an A24 film, but it's not a film which you look at and think, right, that's going to hit the mainstream, but the box office, would say otherwise. I'm sure we'll mention a box office shortly, but um, so it's released in the States and then kind of internationally, it's been uh, had a staggered release and the UK has had to wait and wait and wait. And it was released at the end of last week upon recording this. And I was lucky enough due to, due to my unlimited card to be able to snag an early screening of it three or four days early. And of course I jumped at the chance to watch this I just finished watching Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness uh, a day or two before. And then I came to see this multiverse film. And I know John had said a lot about the differences and you know how this film kind of deals with the multiverse without ever giving any spoilers away. Because I went into this as, as blind as you can be, other than with the, the fizzing... Um, positives that you told me that how you know how good you thought it was big tuna was lauding it and pretty much everyone i've seen online has been lauding it but i managed to stay away from the sort of the minutiae of what the film is about because i assumed it would be fairly bonkers and it was it really is if you think swiss army man is is chaotic you wait till you see this film but the thing about this film 
is it keeps it all in check. It goes so far off the rails, yet it never loses sight of its main theme, which, as the synopsis says, follows Michelle Yeoh's character and her relationship with those around her. I put in my review right off the first line in my review, pretty much is to elaborate on this film is to spoil it. You, you know, the, the the IMDb synopsis is the most simplified version of it, but it is in fact probably the best synopsis you can read because it gives nothing away in terms of what you're going to experience in this film. And I loved it. I really did. I. I went in like paralyzed by fear almost that I was going to come out and send John a voice message and say, Oh John, do you know know what? I just thought it was fine, which of course would have been okay, but I really wanted to enjoy it because you know, if I if I trust anyone's recommendation, it's JB and big tuna too. And I wanted to, and I'm thinking, right, I want to be part of the trifecta here. I want to love this film. And I really, really, really did. And thankfully the people in the audience I was with, it's fairly busy as well. I think word of mouth is spreading. Uh, they, everybody was really enjoying it. They were laughing along. There was a few cheers. You could hear some sobbing. Some of that was me at the end because mm-hmm. this film really got to me by the final third, you know, the, the third act and how it ends up. It's gripping and it's really emotional and the waterworks came. But only that the only reason that happened was because of how, well, two reasons, because of how wonderfully acted uh, the performances are from Michelle oh, yeah. Yeoh and Stephanie Sue, but also the characterization for all of the, for everything this film does, and the spoiler episode will be so much easier to, to kind of dive into for the kind of multiverse hopping madness uh, that this film indulges in. It never loses sight of the the internal conflict and external conflict that uh, Michelle Yeoh's character Evelyn is is going through um, the struggles that her daughter Joy is going through but also as well um um w- waymond who is played of course by everybody everybody's everybody's friend short round uh ki hai kwan fabulous i mean he's been out of the game for so long but he's so so good in this he's so james good. hong as well jamie oh, lee yeah. curtis is this hard-nosed irs agent i mean the performances are fabulous the film looks great uh it's suitably mad and i don't mean to um even the dog likes it i don't mean to compare it to other multiverse movies recently but this is if you're going to show the multiverse this is how you do it you show the, the amount of times we saw different variations of people and places and the costume design deserves an extra special mention for this as well mm. now, i really oh, felt yeah. like we were universe hopping and, and if, if you're going to jump into the multiverse you have to embrace the madness uh again no definitely absolutely no pun or, or or shots intended whatsoever but you have to embrace the madness and the daniels really do that and you know this is a a really pro- quite a profound take on identity there's a lot of identity throughout the film for the for the characters to uh, face up to and just trying to struggle and process generational trauma. I think that's been thrown around quite a lot. Existentialism. There's a lot going on beneath the surface of what could just be a a film, which uh, on first view you could think, well, this was a lot of things thrown together, and how does it all make sense, and what does all this mean? And like, there's two scenes I think John are refer- John's referring to is just like what. But it all works because the ca- oh. you, you you trust in the characters, you trust in the story, and you trust in the direction of where this thing is going. Um, yeah, it's a very a, a very emotionally charged film. The action's really good as well. The action's really well edited. Michelle Yeoh and um, Kwan as well. They're very very good in the action scenes. Uh, so that so there's not really anything I didn't like about this film, John. Um, there wasn't any moments during it where I thought, "Here we go, this is the lull," or "This is where things go off track." When it, there's a certain moment, I think you were right, there's a certain moment in the film, about 20, 30 minutes in, we're like, right, you're in or you're not. And if you're in, you're going to go on the most, probably, probably the most wild ride you're going to go on this year in terms of in terms of films. But it's it's a fearless film, which is what I love about this. This is, this, like you said, this is such a joy for mm-hmm. cinema goers because it's fearless. It's non-conformist. It, this is what I, you want to go to the cinema to see. I love going to watch a Star War. I love going to watch a Marvel film or whatever. But then you get something like this, which is so unique, yet it feels like it has a message and it has a place. And it's mm-hmm. filmmaking at its, you know, at its purest and its best. 
you know, this is this is what cinema is about. And the fact that the general audiences seem to be absolutely taking this to heart because the box office, John, as you've seen, yeah, the box office is growing and growing and growing. And you, we, we're all calling out for originality in Hollywood. Every, how many people who, how many remakes, how many franchises, which is, you know, I see both sides of the argument, but we're calling for original films. We've got one like this, which is fantastic. I, I called it a treat, a rare treat in my review because it is, you don't get films like this very often. And when they hit, they hit hard and you don't get, and, and the fact that the movie audiences are going to see it and they're supporting it with their wallets, it, you know, what this is, this is only, only ever going to be good news for, for the Daniels for a 24 for films like mm. this, which, uh, as I've mentioned before, are just fearless. So John, yeah. uh, I took your recommendation I went in with an open mind, hoping to enjoy it, but, you know, accepting maybe I might not do. And I loved it. And everybody who was in the cinema with me loved it. The reactions from after, from afterwards, from what I was hearing, people were saying it was fantastic as well. I haven't really seen anyone. There'll be people out there who don't like it. It won't be for everyone. Sure. Let's just, I'll get that out there. This won't be for everyone. There'll be moments in it where, which will lose people. I know of a few people in my well, extended circle who will just look at it and think, what the hell? is this it's you know it's nonsense people say which is fine but crucially underneath all of the the madcap stuff is a really really solid really strong emotive story about everything i've just mentioned up top family and more so yeah um yeah i i can't recommend this enough i gave it full marks there's nothing to dislike about this it was profound it was emotional uh and, and i can quite see why you go back and see it four times and i'm so looking forward to going back to watching it again uh, to be able to, to absorb the chaos now yeah it's written so well and it's filmed so exquisitely i mean there are shots in this that you're just like wait how how did the planning go into like make <laughs> these match cuts work like there's so much technique and craftsmanship and love um and that's one of the things we talked last week about jamie lee curtis kind of talking trash about dr strange which i don't approve but no. i also love seeing someone love the movie that they made you know what i mean like fighting for it like cheerleading it and you don't always see that with films like you see, you know, like, yes, they do their press tour, but Jamie Lee Curtis isn't doing the press tour. She's just railing because she knows she's in something that is like game changing. It's a revolutionary film. This is one of those movies that if you are late to it, 10 years from now, people are going to be talking about how it's one of the best things that's happened in the decade. And I, I can't imagine in 2030 when we do our look back at the 2020 decade, (laughs) that this isn't my number one movie. Like I can't like, what could top this for me? It's insane to ponder. Like I know if anything beats this this year, I would be stunned. Well, that's the and exciting part about film is that this year, anything, is. but in in the next eight years, anything could come out. I mean, I, I, I know I've, in, in part of me hopes it does because then me all, it, all it is, is just in, elevating the films we're seeing, but this, just, sorry to just to interject on your point there about Jamie Lee. We mentioned it last week. I'm not going to go into it, but it does make that now having seen this film, it does make me ever so slightly sad that when people look back at the end of the year and think about the multiverse film, it may not be this one they're talking about. And, that is that is, mm. it, it's maddening because it's, I'm sorry to say this absolutely blows the other multiverse film out of the water. Still go see it. Great film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, not, uh, that's a lie. It's a fine, it's a fine film. Go see it still. But if you're talking about pure, pure multiverse conceptual stuff and execution of it all, this is how you do it. And I'm not just saying that this, this is how you do it. Yeah. And again, this movie is uh, chugging away. It's staying strong. Again, it's rare to see a movie leave and then come back a week later in theaters. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, this is the little uh, engine that could, you know, it, it keeps chugging away. Um, it's, it's broken all sorts of records. It's on, it's set to become the highest grossing a 24 film, which isn't saying a lot really. Cause a 24 doesn't have a huge marketing. And a lot of times their movies are a niche audience. Mm-hmm. I do think, um, without sounding trite, but this movie's title should not be possible to live up to. And yet it is, it a hundred percent lives up to its name. It is everything. It is everywhere. And it is all at once. Like it is all of those things are in this movie and you can't even make sense of what I just said until you see it. But if you, if you haven't, please go check it out. Know that there will be a spoiler episode uh, review dropping on Monday and Matt and I will get into some more specifics. I know we kind of haven't talked about anything, because it's better for you to just experience it. Um, 
and yet we've said how great it is. Uh, so take our word for it. Um, normally I wouldn't even ask you to do that, but I just feel very confident about this movie as Matt has noted. And I will back, uh, I think there's a moment where you'll know if this movie does not work for you. I have witnessed in two screenings, people walk out at a similar moment mm-hmm. and it might be, it might push some boundaries in a couple of ways, um, that might make somebody leave, but if 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 it is in your wavelength, you will adore this movie. So, yeah, I recommend can't, it. Can't, can't argue with that it's 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 a uh, it's the best film I've seen so far this year. We're almost halfway through now, um, and like John, I, I'd like to see what comes out later on in the year, which which will dethrone this. You know, if something does, it's going to have to be a very good film. Yep. But uh, as it stands, this is the best film of the year for me because this Same. is an imaginative, wonderful. Uh, piece of art excited to hear that sir with that let's move on to chopped headlines this is our uh, movie or pop culture news headline that caught our attention this week um i had to avoid a bunch of everything everywhere all at once headlines because they kept popping up all positives about the box office but matt what was the headline that grabbed your attention this week Oh, this one is from uh, Christian Holub, Entertainment Weekly. You may have heard of this guy, John. He's called Francis Ford Coppola. Almost said his name wrong. Francis Ford I Coppola. I thought that was on purpose. You were trying no. to make a joke. That's all yeah, it was. Oh, man. I- I'll own it in that case. But um, he- he's made a few films. You know, The Godfather, you may have heard of it. Apocalypse Now. Um, but he's got a film coming out at some point in the future called Megalopolis which is uh, he's aiming to make one more huge statement in cinema. The article says he wants to make one more cinematic magnum opus before the end of his career, Um, which, you know, how do you top the Godfather? But Francis Ford Coppola is not resting on his laurels. He's coming back to make one more epic film. The film is going to be about the uh, it's, uh, an architect wants to rebuild New York City as a utopia following a devastating disaster. This film's been in the work for 40 years. It did take a backseat because of the events of 9-11. And since then, Coppola has been stewing on it, sitting on it, remaking, remastering, sorry, his old films. But now we have some final casting for this film, or some first casting. Originally, Oscar Isaac and people like that were thought to be in it. However, Francis Ford Coppola has now uh, announced, well, uh, EW have announced that Adam Driver, Forrest Whitaker, Lawrence Fishburne, John Voight, and Nathalie Emmanuel are all going to be starring in Megalopolis. Then that's mm. just a first batch of uh, people attached to this. Adam Driver being in it is very exciting to me. Um, yes. He's going to be filming a Michael Mann film before he does this. So he's oh. collecting like major directors like Infinity Stones at the minute. But to work with an auteur like Coppola, I mean, what a what an um, an honour you've got to imagine for pretty much all of these actors in what may possibly be his final film. And if he's going big and epic, then what a what an honour it must be to be in this film. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what on earth he gives us in this film. I, I've got a, just just a title and the um, synopsis, brief synopsis alone makes me think. Again, here's the here's that phrase. It's not going to be a film made for everyone. I don't think it's going to be like The Godfather, which seems to get you know universal praise. You know, people either like it or love it for the most part. Megalopolis, I can imagine this being a fairly uh, divisive film, kind of like Roma was for you and I. You know, most people really like that. Mm, we didn't. There's something yeah. about it. Not. I think I'm going to really enjoy it, but I think it's going to be. I, I can just tell it's going to be big. It's going to be long. It's going to be ponderous in the in the way that Coppola does best. But hearing that. You know, Adam Driver, Natalie Emmanuel, you know, John Voigt, all these people are in it. That is only a good sign for me, my friend. So um, he wants to beat the Godfather. He wants to beat Apocalypse. Now he wants to end his career by the sounds of it on the highest of all highs, JB. What are you thinking about Megalopolis? And, you know, is this a good sign with the cast that's been announced? I mean, yeah, uh, anything Adam Driver's in, I'm kind of on board for at this point. Uh He's yet to disappoint me, even if the movies that he has done aren't always clicking for me. I've always loved him in those movies. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you a bad driver performance like at all. No. I cannot think of a single movie where I'm not impressed with him. Even in movies that are lackluster, he's still like the beacon that makes you like, okay, well, he's great. Um, I, I still haven't watched the musical that he was in from last year. He's very good in that. I wasn't as keen on the film. 
but he's good in that. And uh, Marion Cotillard, yeah, good performances, but uh, the film was fine for me. Yeah, and, and I've heard mixed things on it. That's one of the reasons I just never pushed my way into it. I, I really Thanks. meant to. I just it kept getting pushed back because I think it's kind of long, if I remember correctly. And I was like, I'll yes. get to it. And then I never got to it. So maybe one day I'll watch it. But um, I, again, I, I'm I'm on board because Driver's there. I have not loved all of Coppola's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I have many still gaps. Uh, I have seen like the biggest ones, um, and I like those. Uh, the one that I didn't click with was Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, I I don't like that movie. Um, I know that's not always a popular opinion. I think there's some really bad casting in that movie. So that's not exactly a great sign here, I guess. Right. Like, um, is he casting? Well, because if they give uh, Adam driver, like a funny accent, maybe, uh, like I mean, as did in another film. Yeah. I love Keanu and Winona Ryder. They are terribly cast in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like they should not be in that movie. Um, so I, you know, who knows? Um, like just it's one of those things I think we maybe sometimes we think uh, just because a filmmaker gave us excellent films at one point doesn't mean they're going to make excellent films every single time. Yeah. Um, there are directors who disprove that. Like, I mean, um, but even even our best directors like working today and even like Hitchcock has some duds. Like not every Hitchcock movie is excellent. The ones that are amazing are amazing. But then yeah. there are some that are like, yeah, whatever. It's, it's It's got Hitchcock's tropes or whatever, but it doesn't land the same Spielberg's got a few duds Scorsese's got a couple of duds um I like most of Scorsese's actually there's only a couple that I don't like love but um you know so like it's no no it's not a guarantee just because for Coppola is doing this however I am intrigued I'm definitely down to see it yep yeah, I, I don't think there's been any kind of news on uh, release dates yet. I imagine no. you know, but we're not going to see it this side of 2024. I don't imagine 2025, maybe. But um, interested to see if this is going to be if he's, if he's trying to create a magnum opus coming from the guy who's done The Godfather, for example. Then you know that's setting some high highs already. But hey, look, you know, say Adam Driver's in it. I'm always a fan of Adam Driver. I like Natalie Emanuel. I think she's great. So let's see what you got, Francis. Let's see if you can still. Um, punch with the best of them i'm sure we're gonna well, give it a good go moving from casting news of a movie that we don't know when we're gonna get to one that's coming soon enough uh dune 2 Ooh. has cast christopher walken um as emperor shot shot the fourth wow um, who i guess is playing uh the or his daughter is gonna be played by florence Pugh, who i knew she was cast but i didn't know what yeah. role and then um i guess uh austin butler has been cast as harkonnen um, who's gonna be playing elvis right uh yes i have a story about that but i'll leave that oh. till we finish till, till shortly afterwards nothing nothing great but um so yeah i i i really like dune um yeah. however i definitely don't think i loved it as much as other people i am a big villanue fan though so i i'm i want to see it in its entirety i want to see part one and part two to, yeah. before i make a final decision um i i actually am one of the f- people that uh like the david lynch version mm-hmm. um having no connection to dune outside of the two movies uh those like i've never read the books or anything um and i was i liked i watched lynch's version like the day before i watched villanue's version and i do think that hurt my uh take on villanue's because i kind of went in with like this is how the story goes and lynch does the whole story in one thing so like they are vi- two very different beasts um and so I think I was a little critical and I think after seeing two, uh, I'll have a, like the whole picture and I can kind of make a better comparison of the two films, but I'm excited by this casting. I mean, I like Christopher Walken, um, anytime he's in anything and dude feels like a good fit, like yeah. for Walken, like to ham it up a little bit, you know? Um, so let's see what happens. Uh, what are your thoughts, Matt? I, I know you really like Dune. Are oh, you no. hyped for uh, Dune part two's casting of Christopher Walken? Yes, sir. Doom was my uh, film of the year in 2021. Really, really enjoy. Again, it's a film which I went into with, with not the start of last year. I was excited for it because it was a big release. But the closer we got to it, the more casting announcements we got, the more we saw the film. I started to think maybe this could be really good. And I, the film blew me away. And hearing that we've got not just Florence Pugh, who I think is one of the best actresses working period at the minute, uh, but Christopher Walken is playing. Yeah, the emperor the big bad christopher and like you said he gets to ham it up somewhat christopher walken as a villain is never going to be a bad thing it'll always take me back to um some of his other roles he's in which made me terrified of him 
I uh, I think this is good news. I think it's I think it's very good news. Um, I, I can't wait to see what they do with Dune Part Two. Uh, I haven't. Uh, I can't really remember what happens in it. I've seen the uh, the Lynch version, but I don't recall a massively what happens in the second part. I don't know if they're going to change it up or two. Obviously, they're going to go bigger and grander in scope than that film because they've got the budget to do it. But no, yeah, of course I'm excited to see it. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Austin Butler in it. Obviously, he's going to be Elvis Presley in the upcoming Barbie Elvis. And um, I saw that uh, I saw that trailer ahead of um, Everything Everywhere All at Once and also ahead of uh, another film I watched this week as well. And I don't know if this is a reflection of the British audiences, but both times that trailer came on, there was audible giggling from the audience about the, the, the about Austin Butler's performance. Now I've heard really? people saying he's excellent, but I think it's just there's something about because it looks a bit like um, Danny from Greece doing an doing an Elvis voice. Mm. I think it, it, the voice doesn't quite match the face. Is what I kind of thought. It just doesn't it doesn't work. But the second time I saw the trailer, I was kind of more into it. But the first time, I just think, oh, this this, this looks like it's gonna. But then the second time, I thought, actually, no, I've I, I've kind of warmed to the idea of this now, and I, I get you know the face and the voice match, but the audiences I was with certainly didn't think so. But as for Dune too, my friend, of course I'm excited for it. You know, and if they're going to add talent like Christopher Walken, like Florence Pugh, and hopefully Austin Butler smashes it in Elvis, and that's just another big name to add to the cast, up and coming name to add to the cast. Bring it all on, the Denis Villeneuve, a sci-fi epic. Give it to me, now bring it on. Yeah, I am. Uh, I actually am very hyped for the Elvis movie, but I, I'm also kind of a sucker for Baz Luhrmann, so I'm just like, yeah, I want to. No, see I'm looking forward to it. I still haven't seen Australia. That's the only movie of his I have. It's fine. Uh, yeah, that's why I, I have it. I'm just like, it, it seems long, and it doesn't seem nearly as flashy as his other movies. No, it's um, it has so, like that's his stamp on it, but it's not. It, it's not like some of his other films, but it's it's fine. You know, it's it's okay. Yeah. Well, those are our headlines for the week. Uh, let's get into media consumption. This is uh, movies, TV, video games, etc. that we've been consuming since the last time we recorded. Um, Matt, what else have you been uh, consuming? Um, I have been consuming uh, a podcast. I listen to Nightmare on Film Street, their, their Panic Fest review, which is a uh, festival in North America, which is obviously horror-themed. And I like listening to episodes like this because, as with all festivals, uh, FS reviews, you kind of get an idea of maybe some gems or diamonds to look out for later on in the year. In this turn, in this genre, it's horror. They make films I maybe weren't on my radar, I haven't heard of. Kind of get an idea of what to look out for. Those kind of very alternative horror film, which I quite like sometimes. And I've got a few recommendations from that. Doesn't mean I'm going to like them all, but. Uh, it, like like with any festival, the festival season is always exciting for me, as I know it is for you and most and a lot of our listeners or people within our critic circles. For that reason, it's the films that have sort of seemingly come out of nowhere which grab the headlines, which uh, then later go on to uh, garner buzz, garner hype, Oscar Oscar fever, or uh, get into our top tens that came out of nowhere. So any kind of festival season, I'm a big fan of festival review as well. So I've been listening to that for my horror sensibilities. I watched a film called Firestarter. Speaking of horror films, a Stephen King adaptation um, also was done in the eighties of Drew Barrymore. However, I'm going to save what I thought about that. You may be able to guess why, because we may be talking about it very soon. Um, that aside, I watched the lost city, the, um, Sandy B, Channing Tatum, Danny Radcliffe film. Uh, I finally caught up with that and watched it, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, I didn't really have anything bad to say about it, uh, but I didn't have anything kind of uh, amazing to say about it either. It's just, it's pretty good. Every, you know, Channing Tatum's comedic sensibility shined through. Sandy B's cool. Danny Radcliffe is decent, pretty decent as a villain. I quite liked his um, take on on the bad guy, and most of the jokes landed, and I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and I've also been listening to uh, the latest novel in Star Wars, the latest canon release, Star Wars Brother- Brotherhood, by Mike Chen. It's set just after, well, not long after Attack of the Clones, and it's uh, young, so young Anakin and younger Obi Wan, uh, as they have to go on. They get they get separated by the Jedi Council to go to do uh, missions, and it kind of it plays off of a line in Revenge of the Sith, where. Um, 
Anakin and Obi-Wan in the film, they've saved the chancellor and they go back and they're going to meet the politicians. And Obi-Wan says, Oh no, I'm not brave enough for politics. This is your day in the sun. And Anakin said, you know, I, something about saving him for the 10th time. And Obi-Wan's like, no, no, that business on Kato Namoidia doesn't count. Well, this book is about that business on Kato Namoidia, but it's done, you know, it's done in a really good way. The book is very decent. It doesn't feel like they're just pulling a line and making a story that you didn't need to know about it. It actually advances the story of both of them uh, and the, the, the galaxy at the time. And, this is what this is what I mean. I've got a review of it coming out on sessions and during the week, but this is what the novels are there for. They are the seasoning. They're the filling in the sandwich. You watch the films and you hear somebody say a line, and the, yeah, that's a cool line. That's fun. If you want to find out more about that kind of event, here's a book. If you don't, doesn't matter. It still remains a cool line. But the book just adds that seasoning to that to the meal, which is what the book should be about. You know, there may, maybe you're, you, you're probably never going to pick up a book in most franchises which have. No huge implications going forward or major plot points for a franchise in a book you may not find that too much but what they're there for is they've got to be able to complement what you see on screen add some backstory but if you haven't but if you haven't read the book it shouldn't impact what you see on screen this book is doing that brilliantly mike chin uh, i'm not aware of his other works but he's a very good writer he gets the characters and is a really good pace to it there's been a few books recently in the galaxy which I've thought have been fine. You know, I don't mindlessly love all of them because of the front IP. There are some which are just fine, but this one's very good. So uh, if you're a Star Wars fan uh, and you want to uh, check out some of the adventures of Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi before the Kenobi series comes out, this doesn't really have much of a impact on that series, I will just say. But if you want to find out more about them, check out Brotherhood by Mike Chen. So, uh, that's what I've been doing, my friend. It's been a very busy weekend this weekend, so I haven't been able to check yeah. out too much more. There's one thing on your list I'm very excited to hear about, but uh, far bit from me to talk about it. JB, what have you been checking out? So I listened to the Blank Check episode of the uh, them reviewing The Gift. That's mm-hmm. the Sam Raimi film from, I think, 2001. Um, which crazy cast in that movie. I mean, Kate Blanchett, um, Keanu Reeves, uh, Hilary Swank, uh, I think pre- pre-Oscar, just before she wins the Oscar, or just after yes. she wins the Oscar. Um, and uh, a couple of people who's not, are not going to pop into my brain right now, but, um, oh, Katie Holmes, like, trying to become an adult, like, actress, like, take me seriously, I'm, I'm not a teenager. Uh, wild movie, um, I think I mentioned it last week, but uh, episode's really good uh, with Blank Check. Um, so, two years ago, Pandemic, we're trying to figure out what to do for this show because we're theaters are closed and there was a movie on my radar, the broken hearts gallery. I was very like, that seems like something I would really, really like. And, uh, it, it has Dockery. Uh, I'm going to, I would Montgomery power Rangers. Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. Power Rangers, but more, uh, you, you don't know this, I guess. Cause I think you stopped watching again, but stranger things season two and three, <laughs> he, he's a major. It. Um, and then, uh, Geraldine Viswana. Viswana uh, fan. There you go. I'm like, looking like I've totally left off a whole syllable. She has been in some movies that I absolutely have loved. And she's been the highlight of most of those seven days last year at Tribeca was one of my favorite movies from that festival. And the year, uh, two years before that, maybe three, uh, she's in blockers. She plays John Cena's daughter in that movie. (laughs) And she steals the show for a lot of the movies. She's so good in that. Um, So I saw the trailer for this and I was like, this seems totally on my alley. It's a rom-com. I like those two actors. I bought it a while ago. And I had not watched it, had not watched it. Finally, it was like, you know what? Tonight's night. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a, a chance. I was so right. This movie is, is so my wheelhouse. I yes. love this film. She is so funny. And he is really charming in this. This is, I think, his best performance. He's in a few other things that I've liked. Um, he's barely in Better Watch Out. He's going to be in Elvis, um, which you can kind of see him in the trailer. His wig is not yeah. the best in the trailer. <laughs> um but and then he's in Stranger Things. I actually also don't like. The, they made him look kind of dumb in Stranger Things. To be honest, too, he's very like eighties like hairband guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, Broken Hearts Gallery. I I adored their chemistry. I thought the movie's super funny. Um, there's a lot of cool things in it. I I just it's it's my kind of. I'm calling this Burknip now. It's like catnip, but for me. Um, <laughs> It, it totally hits all of my buttons, and I had a blast watching it. I uh, really, really enjoyed it. Um, nice. I also caught Firestarter. I won't talk about it yet because we're going to be maybe doing an episode on it next week, everybody. 
But uh, this is the first time I've got to talk about this next movie because I'm technically under embargo until Tuesday, but this episode drops on Thursday, so I can say things because it'll be okay then. Um, I got to see Chippendale uh, Rescue Rangers, the new movie on Disney+. Plus. I didn't get to see it in a theater. I did see it at home on my TV. Um, I had only seen the trailer for this once, and I was intrigued. I loved this cartoon as a kid. Same. Uh, and I was, like, really young. I actually didn't realize it was 89, 90, like, in 91. I, it always felt like more middle of my life. I'm sure I watched reruns, like, on Disney Channel or whatever. But um, I loved the Rescue Rangers as a kid. So I, when I first heard they were doing a movie, I'm like, oh, cool. We're getting a reboot. And then I, I saw the trailer, and I'm like, that just sounds like John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. <laughs> and I was a little concerned. I'm like, they're not even, like, attempting to do the voices. But when I started watching the movie, I realized really quickly why that was. And this is... We are in the real world with the acting chipmunks. So, like, there are chipmunk actors who played them on the cartoon series. Yeah. But this is, like, the Who Framed Roger Rabbit version of their story. Yes. So, I'm like, oh, well, this is interesting. I, I, I am a huge fan of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I, I love uh, so much of what I'm seeing already. I I had such a blast with this movie, dude. I love this. This is... It's so meta. It's referential. It's uh, it's. Uh, I've seen people in on Letterbox uh, who are making. I think some haven't seen it, but they're making like predictions that it's going to be like uh, Ready Player One or um, Space Jam Two. Um, but they're forgetting like the IP references can be done well. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a great example of that. Like the all mm-hmm. the the various IPs that I still don't know how they managed to pull off some of this stuff. The only time Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny have ever p- appeared together at the same time. Um, at least legally, uh, was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and like this movie does some stuff like that. Where I'm like, how did they get the approval to do this? And some of the jokes are very like for grownups. Uh, like they're done where maybe a kid won't get them, but like, holy cow! Like there's some stuff like in this movie. Where I'm like, they're pushing the boundaries. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's no. directed by Akiva Schaefer, who is part of Lonely Island. He he directed um, Pops uh, Pop Star Never Stop. What is it? Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping? Never Stop um, Never Stopping. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, love that movie. Uh, he did Hot Rod, which is another Andy Samberg film, The Watch, and The Bash Brothers, um, which was a really great short that's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it's worth it's really worth watching. Uh, like I, I have loved all of his films except for The Watch. The Watch is fine, um, but Hot Rod <laughs> and Popstar are, are so great, and Chip and Dale is right up there for me. I. I I don't think anything's come close to Who Framed Roger Rabbit in this kind of mixed hybrid, like animation live action thing. This is the closest. It is not, it is not as good, but it's real close. Like I was like, this is what I'm talking about. Um, Especially again, it is for us. It is for our era. Um, And if you like Sandberg and and Mulaney's humor, that comes off really great. Um, There's some other like funny stunt casting. Uh, Eric Bana is the voice of Monterey Jack. Um, (laughs) So he's bringing his full like Australian uh, ness to it, which is really great. Um, Will Arnett's in it, who's always doing great work. Kiki Lane is one of the live action actors that's uh, there. I mean, you get some some wild stuff in this movie. Um, and again, there's so many references. Uh, I had such a blast watching this. Uh, definitely, I, I I could see throwing this on again um, randomly with Disney Plus because it's just super fun, super funny, um, pretty innovative. So, uh, I Chippendale Rescue Rangers gets my uh, thumbs up and approval. Sweet. How long is the film? 96 minutes too perfect it's it's the right length of if, I don't, if you haven't seen the trailer listeners this is not a spoiler but uh dale is updated to like the cg 3d animation style but chip is still the old school 2d flat <laughs> animation and they explain that within the story like the context basically it's like a an actor getting plastic surgery later in life it's essentially <laughs> that kind of thing and that's in the trailer i don't feel like that's funny already yeah um that's super fun and, and funny um, the only other thing I've watched, though, I, I, I kind of took a break from some movie watching this weekend to, to do some work and stuff, but um, I have watched all 10 seasons of Letter Kenny, um, a show that a uh, co-worker introduced me to this year, and I've kind of been just watching it casually. Um, I really adore this show. I think it's so funny. It's so smart. It's very, very innovative, um, and I cannot wait. Um, there is a spinoff series called Shorzy starting at the end of this month on Hulu, and I'm very much looking forward to... Uh, to following into that. And I'm a little sad that I've watched all 10 seasons of letter. Kenny, it looks like they drop it the, in like the winter time. So I, I hope there's another season in the works. I think there are, 
Um, but I, I really enjoy the show. It's super short seasons, like six to seven episodes, 22 minute episodes. Um, but super funny, uh, Canadian comedy. Um, if you haven't seen letter Kenny listeners and or Matt, I know you haven't met. Um, I do think it's worth you know, uh, checking out, but it's, it's super fun. That, uh, yeah, I, uh, I know I always say this and listeners will probably roll their eyes, but I'd like to, because of what you've just said, Te- as soon as you originally said 10 seasons, I thought, well, <laughs> I think that's going to yeah. count me out. It more just over time, but then what, six episodes, twenty-two. I mean, like, I, I managed to sit down and watch Star Wars Resistance, which is twenty odd episodes a season, which is twenty minutes long as well. I'm pretty sure I can manage a similar amount for a live-action uh, sitcom comedy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, at some point I will do. I don't believe it's available freely on in the UK. Uh, I think it's an Amazon Prime. I think it's like ninety-nine p. I don't know about a series or well, per series. I will say. Thing. Um, there are technically seven episodes a season because they always do like a holiday special, but the holiday specials are different every year. Like the last season 10, the holiday is, uh, international women's day is the holiday special. Nice. So like they, they're not just doing like a Christmas special every year. They, they are mixing up the holidays. There have been some fun holiday specials. Um, and this, this, the international women's day is I think maybe the best holiday special, especially because they pay off a character that had been referenced many, many times, like throughout the 10 seasons, they've referenced a character and that character finally becomes like a person that we've seen now in that special. So like, it, it was a really awesome payoff for something they've been kind of setting up throughout the seasons. Uh, super fun, wild stuff. Uh, definitely recommend um, if you have access to it, of course, that's the other catch, but um, that's pretty much it for this episode, except before we end, we have to check in with each other to make sure that we're doing everything we can to keep our awesome levels at the bloody highest that we possibly can. So Matt, what have you been doing to stay bloody awesome? Well, I don't think anything this year is going to top yours from last week, which of course the wonderful (laughs) news of marriage, uh, But I don't think anything is going to top that. But uh, mine is simply birthday part two. My, my daughter's actually had a birthday party last week, which I went into and the, the Spider-Man three dance was uh, whipped out with slightly less thrusting. As I mentioned, you know, kids party, I am responsible, but it was there in all its glory. Um, and this week is their actual birthday. So I had the day after um, we had a party of all my family, chaotic, lots of fun. Uh, my mum made some incredible p- desserts as well, which she always does. Um, so shout out to my mum's desserts. Uh, but yeah, it's just lovely to get everyone together again uh, and see the joy on the small person's face, mainly when they open their presents, because I think at that age, is about their friends, isn't it? When we were younger. Yeah, for sure. Christmas and birthdays. Hey, look, family's cool. Cake is great. Let me see what's wrapped up. So she got um, a Nintendo Switch she wanted, which she's been going on about for months, oh. which she didn't realise is she I'd already got it. And she kept going on about it. So, you know, they're quite expensive, those things. You know, just you know, just manage your expectations on that one. Which I've already got it. So <laughs> that's good. At least you want it. So she's been playing with that and um, dropped her home yesterday, all the way back up. Did like a 320-mile round trip again yesterday which is worth it. It's what you do. But, uh, you know, the excitement got so much that uh, about 20 minutes from home in the, in the evenings is vomited in the back of my car out of sheer exhaustion and exertion. So, uh, I think that's when you know it's been a good night. Same, same as when you're, when you're an adult, I suppose <laughs> it's a, uh, but if you vomit in the back of the car, but well, she's uh, gotta yeah, learn to hold her tequila sometimes. Just, I, I know I probably shouldn't have given her that last shot of brandy, but you know it's her birthday. But uh, disclaimer: she didn't have brandy or alcohol. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's my daughter's birthday party, actual birthday, six years old now, makes me feel that bit older. But there's not more, not much more bloody awesome things in the joy of a young kid uh, and being around family. So that's mine, my friend. Uh, how about yours? So. um it's today, in fact, that we're recording this was the last, uh, technically, I'm sorry, that's not true. Wednesday this week is the last day for seniors. But for some of my seniors, I, I only see my odd seniors today. Um, odd meaning odd classes, not that they are odd. <laughs> yeah, um, I did wonder. And uh, so I had to say goodbye to a few people today. I have to say goodbye to many more tomorrow. Um, but it's uh, seniors last week. They, technically, I will see many of them one more time at graduation, including my yeah. daughter. Um, well done. Congratulations. And, Yes. And so this, if you've listened to the show for a while, uh, I, I probably say this every year about this time, because every year at this time, I have to say goodbye to a bunch of people who I've known for several years. And it's yep. never easy. Um, th- this year, we have an added pain, uh, because my principal is retiring. Um, I've worked with my principal for 11 years. Uh, she, I think, is is a huge part of the reason why I have been able to do all the things that I do. 
Um, she's motivated me, pushed me and, and, uh, basically, you know, made me the teacher that I think that I am. And I, I feel like many of my students would vouch for that. Um, and so today, uh, in fact, we had a morning meeting, her last morning meeting, something morning meetings are something that she instituted when she started here 11 years ago. Um, we have all 1500 students crammed into a gym and, uh, we expect them to listen to people talk or watch people dance or, uh, sing or showcase some other talent. Um, and we, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's about them it's like individually. And sometimes it's about the collective, but, uh, a lot of people thought there's no way you can have. 1500 high school students in a space and they'll listen for 45 minutes. And we have proven that wrong time and time again. Um, today was one of those because today was about her. Uh, we got to honor our principal. We had several, uh, people kind of, it was kind of like, uh, this is your life type, you know, retrospective yep. where like we had some videos, some people came there, told some funny stories. Uh, my, I don't think I've ever seen my principal turn so red of embarrassment, um, <laughs> because of one story. And, uh, but so like, it's already an emotional time of the year. And, I have a, an a administrator who's been, he was actually there before our principal, but he's, he stayed on as our assistant principal with her. And he, um, he's, he's, we share a baldness in common, but he is a tough, gruff looking guy. Like uh, if you didn't know him, I totally would understand if you were afraid of him kind of thing, but I've, I've got to know him quite well over the 13 years that I've worked at the school. Um, but it's still uh, one, when he chooses to speak, he doesn't always like speak in like long drawn out speeches but when he does it's always some of the best spoken things i've ever heard i'm always so inspired and motivated by him and today he spoke to say goodbye to our principal and um he started to choke up while speaking and that only makes me want to cry more because this is the type of man who who doesn't look like a guy who would cry you know by traditional standards like when we grow up um and he's not like that even though again he kind of looks like he would be like that he's not he's not afraid to cry um, especially when something matters. And so I was already fighting back tears cause I don't, I don't like to cry in front of hordes of people. And it was a very emotional day. And then him speaking and almost crying, it almost shattered me. Um, but, uh, to all of my seniors and to my, my coworkers, but especially to my principal who is retiring good for her, but also sad for us. Um, I'll miss you. And thank you for all of the time we've got to share. So that's how I've been saying bloody awesome, Matt, is saying goodbye to people that have meant something immensely to me over the years. Yeah, I mean, bloody awesome doesn't always mean uh, something which you would look at and think, oh, that's a cause for celebration, saying goodbye. But it, it, saying goodbye can also be a celebration, you know, everything you've, everything that's happened in the last few years, what's going to, you know, what everyone's going to go on to become, thanks to your tutelage in part as well, of course. Um so it doesn't sound like the easiest thing to go through, but I guess the, the positive memories, positive memories are, will always be there. So, uh, and they will linger longer than the sadness you imagine. Exactly. And it's, it's, I think it's important. Uh, it was a reminder today, even, um, to tell the people that you love, that you love them every yeah. chance, because you never know when you're not going to get another chance. Um, so, yes. you know, uh, take a moment and, and tell the people that matter to you that they matter. Um, Everybody, which, all of JB students who are leaving never, never lose contact with this man. He's the best man you'll ever know. Oh, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. So folks, that is our emotional end to this episode, which is about a movie that ends with an emotional ending as well. <laughs> yes. um, and uh, we will be back next week to talk about Firestarter. Um, that is available to watch on Peacock here in the States. I don't know. Uh, it's also in theaters, but it's also on Peacock streaming same day. I don't remember if Peacock's available for you or not. Uh, yes, it is. It's uh, okay. It's been out for a while via Sky, but I think it's now uh, becoming more of what you guys have over there. It's kind of in its infancy when it first dropped. Yeah, so it's, it's out on both. Um, it's in theaters. It's there. Um, and you are able to watch it, however, but we're going to be talking about it next week. We've already seen it. Maybe we'll watch it again. Probably not. But, you know, um, I will say spo- a little spoiler for that episode. Matt and I seem to be a little more positive than the general consensus on this movie. A lot of hate being thrown yeah. at Firestarter. Yeah. Um, I-, I don't have that much bad stuff to say about it. I actually, you know, a little, little foreshadowing. Kind of liked it. So come check out that episode. Before that, you'll get a spoiler episode of Everything Everywhere all at once. Yes. In the meantime... If you want to keep up with Matt and I, you can follow us on social media. On Instagram, we're at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. And on Twitter, we are at BAMP underscore podcast, B A M P underscore podcast. Um, and 
if you want to, you can still follow us on Facebook. Just search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Individually, you can follow me at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. And Matt, where can they find you? What I watch tonight.co.uk, what I watch tonight across all the socials, including Letterboxd. Um, and if you like what we're doing here at the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we ask that you take just a few minutes to rate and review us on whatever podcast catcher you use. Uh, and with that, we encourage you to keep watching movies and stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 blood,